The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good to see you back for the second part of my conversation with Bertrand Batré about can finance save the world and especially what you and I, what we can all do in order to make that come true. And I remember I attended a, a seminar in the Vatican five years ago uh, when actually we, we also had, had the Pope for, for lunch. or oh, he had us for lunch actually, the other way around. And uh, I remember we were discussing common good. And there were Chinese in the room, and they don't know common good. Yeah. Common good is a very Western uh, vision. And so how do you want to serve common good if you don't even agree on what is common good? And we kind of agree at that time that a substitute for common good in Chinese would be harmony. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast, and stay curious with Patricia falco The only thing is the question of values. You see, and there we have the question of globalization. As we do have an interdependent and globalized world, we were always thinking, okay, we just take the upside of it, but there's a lot of downsides. So all of a sudden we find ourselves, so yeah, we want to grow this way. But you have, for example, China having a certain conviction of how they want to grow, which does not necessarily agree in yeah. certain aspects, be it yeah. human rights and whatever, with ours. But we all want to grow, but the how is very different. So the value and valuation no. and bringing both together is hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's what the challenge that is new to us today, is that in 1945, the US was a clear master of the world, and uh, Keynes tried to influence Bretton Woods, had no success, and the US says, this is it. When you have 80% of the gold inventory in the world, I mean, as people say, the rule of gold is that the one where the gold makes the rule. That was easy. Uh, in 1970, uh, in the uh, 1970s, uh, Anglo-Saxon, were the clear master of the world. I mean, Satcher and Reagan, Mitterrand in France tried to resist for two years and then joined the crowd. And we had the Washington consensus. Today, we don't have a master of the world anymore. Or we have competing, maybe, I don't know whether people want to be master of the world, actually. When you say America first, maybe you don't want to be master of the world. You want to control your interests. Uh, China, I mean, the China dream, as they say. Uh, so that's why I think the, the European Union has a particular, particular role but you're right. I mean, the, I remember I, I wrote with some friends uh, 20 years ago a book on, on globalization and ethics. And I remember when I, I started to write the book, I said every, there is only one rule that every culture, religion, civilization agree is you shall not kill. That's okay. I think nobody seriously say uh, to, to make... Uh, 
to make a success in business, you kill. I mean, that, that's off of the books. But then you move to, you shall not steal. That's a very complex question. Because we just heard from Green Seal on Wirecard. Not that Green Seal is, is stealing, but you know, the manipulation no, on, even, on the even books. Even is, if you go back to, to Christian theology, I mean, and, and you have the same, because I've discussed with a number of religions at that time, uh, the question of the fair price. Is, is really, if, if you know that you're selling at a too high price something to somebody, you're stealing him. That's the reality. It's not just uh, armed yep. robbery. It's, and so you enter into very complex discussions. And I've discussed with Indians, they have a totally different views than Christians and than Muslims, etc. So that's where it starts to be difficult. And I remember I attended a, a seminar in the Vatican five years ago, uh, when actually we, we also had, had the Pope for, for lunch. Oh, he had us for lunch, actually, the other way around. And uh, I remember we were discussing common good. And there were Chinese in the room, and they don't know common good. No. Common good is a very Western uh, vision. And so how do you want to serve common good if you don't even agree on what is common good? And we kind of agree at that time that a substitute for common good in Chinese would be harmony. Okay. But we know it's very different. It's very different. Harmony, I mean, this is, uh, and, and so you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to, to, to have a, a globalization with completely shared value. Uh, just another example, which is, again, it might seem minor, but it's very interesting. So we had uh, an extra financial rating agency in France called Vigio. They've been sold to Moody's. And so it became from French, it became American. And so you say, well, who cares? I mean, it's, uh, with the owner, it doesn't make a difference. But the way it is, as they've changed the rating questionnaire. And one of the new questions is, because it's very American, so tell us about the, diverse, the ethnic diversity of your company. And when you're French, you are not allowed to have ethnic uh, diversity statistics. It's, it's forbidden by law. So you, you just have to say NA, not available. I can't answer that question, which is a bad point for you. Because from the US perspective, I mean, the very detailed ethnic diversity statistics make sense. And so you have plenty of details, even between the Europe and US, you have a different vision of the world. And so that's, that's for me one of the big challenges going forward. So yeah, you might I mean, agree on temperature, but it's more difficult to agree on tax, to agree on uh, bold representation for staff. In Germany, it's uh, critical. In the US, it's evil. Etc. So, so. Absolutely. And I think the cultural aspect is also something that Gordon Brown, who also wrote a, a foreword in your book, came up with that is really, really difficult to find, uh, you know, the balance between uh, globalization um, uh, too much or too little, yeah. because if you globalize too much, people feel that you're taking away their culture, so they become even more patriotic, if not worse. So it is very, very difficult to, to play a global game because a global game is not a global global community game. So just because we are global, we are not a global community. And will we ever be in our individual cultures? I don't know. I mean, look at the track record of Europe trying to move together, not only in terms of finance and, and being free to move with money and body, but in terms of minds. And I think there, the, you know, the sovereign uh, sovereignty question is still very much um, at the forefront. But Bertrand, let me just uh, pinpoint you on one thing you, you you mentioned a couple of times, and that is um, uh, technology. Is it is it really the good? Is it something that where money can also make the difference? Because we've seen so much money flowing into technology, technology in uh, technological innovation, resulting even in something like blockchain, which is good from a trust point of view, if you believe in that technology. Uh, on, on the other hand, you also have the... Um, the fact that, for example, for every, you know, 
for every job created by Amazon, three retail jobs will go. So the transition from retail in the high street to retail online is also creating, uh, let's put it this way, different situations that we might not have calculated before. No, I, I think it's, it's for me there is a very interesting parallel between between science and technology on the one end and finance on the other end. P- people on the one end believe that uh, the next step will really benefit from money and technology. We we all say th- this is going to be the end of it because we mobilize money and technology to to go to something good. But at the very same time, we all are very anxious because we know that these are terrible forces and uh, that we have trouble to control them. Coming back to my point on the tool on the hand. Yeah. I, I, I mean, so on, on the one hand, we, we trust that uh, money, uh, science and technology will get us out of this trouble. On the other hand, we are very, very scared of what they can unleash. And and all this on, with, the, with the background of this trust, which has been lost 10 years ago. I mean, when, when you see, and vaccines is, is one of the issues, but when you see that, even in a number of countries I've read in France, 40 or 50% of the health workers don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, how have we come to that point? I mean, I, th- I think, you know... Uh, as a, I mean, the US, you still have a problem. People say all adults will be vaccinated by the end of May, but the problem is still 30% don't want to be vaccinated at all. And again, so it's all these tensions. And uh, I think I, I made this parallel, which... Uh, a, a, a reasonable theologian would blame me for with the Babel Tower, the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, where everybody was speaking the same language, and they saw that by putting their strengths together, there could be a tower that would reach heaven. And, and today, I think we have two universal languages. One is the bits, 1000111001, and the other is a greenback. And, and we, we, we think we can build this Babel Tower, but we know the end of the story in the Bible. So we have to uh, to, to, to make these languages, these very attractive and powerful languages compatible with the rest, with the culture, with, with the humus, with, with the humanity. And that's where the tension is. We need them and we are scared of them. How can we regain control? And like in, 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 in finance, it's not because it's doable that it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's possible or ethically right. Yeah. No, it, it, I think this is, um, you know, <laughs> When I look at what you were just saying about money and technology, that is really the driving forces. And then the lack of trust when it comes to the vaccine, because people say, well, how do you, uh, how can you create a vaccine that is safe in a year's time if before you've never had the possibility, it took at least 10 years until with a vaccine. And I was just thinking from the beginning, well, you have a different kind of technology and you've got tons of money pushing it and put these two together. Of course, you can, you know, wherever your mind focuses on, you have actually really good fundamental and fast results possibly and i think this is this is what made me think yeah of course i'm going to get vaccinated for the greater good and also because i want to reclaim my life as much as i can so these two forces are important but now in terms of playing exactly what you are talking about here in your book how the how so we have the money we have the technology. How do we now really shift the system? Because you also said, and there was another, such a true eye-opener when you said, look, rescue of 2007, 2008, great helicopter money. We are just seeing it right now again, but it really just 
patched up the system. It did not reboot. And you write regaining control over money. The system has done nothing more than patch up the cracks. It has not in any way been rebuilt. It has not been given new foundations and it, it certainly has not been given an overhaul. The regulatory reforms are not focused on crisis problems, namely that the financial mechanism is still left to its own devices. Today, it is important to get the mechanism back under control. That sounds like regulation. And Bertrand, you know, every time I look at any kind of system that is regulating, regulating, over-regulating, there's always the smarty pants that find a loop in the regulation or, um, you know, you are in a crusted kind of body armor where all of a sudden everybody around you needs to be flexible because the world is so complex, but you can't because you are being regulated. Where's the balance? But it's not, it's, yes, as I said, it's, it's regulation, but it's more than that. Uh, that's what I say in, in my new book, just in French for the time being. It's uh, market economy and capitalism left to their own will go like water straight. It's, they go without any constraints, they, they choose the easy path. Uh, but like water, you can channel them. And you have two ways, two dams that you can build to channel the water. One is market influence, as we say, the consumers, the investors, the, the, the staff, the entrepreneurs, people say, I don't want to go in that direction. So please, and if the market speaks, and market economy goes in that direction. And the other dam, or the other barriers, is a regulation, norms, etc. And we need to have both, actually. And that's where I think the, the, the challenge is, how to get there when there is no master of the world to decide for you. Leadership's lacking. Leadership yeah. is lacking. And I, coming I, back I to, to, the... to, to joke, but uh, I discovered when I attended the G20 that it's called a leader's summit. And I remember I told, uh, yeah, it's not because you have 20 leaders in the room that you create leadership. That's the issue. We, 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 need, we need a global leadership. Say, okay, guys, the system is out of control. How do we bring it back to where it's needed? So we agreed in 2015 on all these wonderful uh, objectives. Uh, and it's very difficult, as I said, to oppose to them. And the reality is that every country on earth has signed. So we are, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, we are committed. But now we have to be serious. How do we get there? Put our money where the mouth is, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you I, I love the concept that you're saying, look, we all are in charge. It's our choices, what we do with our money. But, you know, we people control money, fair enough, Bertrand. But who controls the people and their decisions? Because I cannot really say that I'm d'accord with what I've been seeing with GameStop. I'm not really, uh, you know, d'accord with this. And you said, you know, speculation is part of who we are, of the market, and we just need to kind of work with it, work around it. But somehow there needs to be also a limit because, yes, they control the money, but if they are not being controlled and how they use the money, yeah, then... That's what? when you have, you have to trust man. I mean, I, I don't want to be a, a, a financial Khmer when you force people to do things. I mean, that's not me. And, and so you have to work on uh, education, on, on discussion, on, on really engaging. And the, the truth, you, you, you point to, to uh, for me, what is the most difficult part of all this exercise. Uh, I, I like to quote uh, Tolstoy in War and Peace. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think it's uh, Prince Domsky who says that. We say everybody wants to change the world. Nobody wants to change himself. And uh, we would like somebody to make the decision for us and say, oh, okay, let's regulate and force me to put my garbage in the right place, force me to change my cars, force me to change my house, etc. But no, this, this will not happen. And it's okay like this. Uh, and the truth is that we are all a little schizophrenic. On, on the one hand, we say, yes, I want to go where my, I want to put my money where 
I really think it should be. Uh, I want to buy these things because I think it's better. I, I had this conversation with my kids at the very beginning of the crisis. So uh, you, you read that a number of the big apparel or fashion company uh, discontinued their contracts with Bangladesh because they say, you know, force majeure with the COVID, we can't buy you anything. And they didn't put any money in exchange. They just cut and say force majeure, you are not owed anything. So I asked my kids, what do you think about this? Oh, it's very bad. Okay, so shall we continue to buy your T-shirt at $1? And then you have a blank. And of course, exactly. now they get it. And, 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 but that, that's precisely the point. And we are faced with these schizophrenic issues every minute in our life. No, absolutely. And there maybe is where the regulators can come in and establish certain labor laws, a minimum income, which then will result in a minimum cost of a T-shirt, which filtered down right to the production line, will have some sort of fair, uh, positive and good. That's that's actually the conversation I've had again with, with, with Paul Polman. Uh, so my, my vision, because I'm French, uh, is really, yes, we, we should change things. This is this kind of ideology of the Grand Soir, you know, you have the revolution and, and on the 4th of August, 1789, you abolish all the privileges. That's very French. And people say, but Bertrand, this is fine, but you will not change uh, the system overnight. It's, and they are right. We will not change the system overnight, full stop. So you have to abandon the idea. However frustrating it is, the idea of a grand soir, and, and you have, and that's a conversation that, that Paul actually uh, is dealing and we had this conversation with, with President Macron within the One Planet framework, and he said we have to move to the tipping point. So instead of having a, a grand soir where you cut all the heads and you change, you move to a place where you take in a given sector, say fashion or whatever, and you put the 10, 20, 30 leaders together and say, okay, guys, this is not sustainable. What can we do together? And you create a critical mass of people who say, okay, let's stop doing these bad things and move in that direction. And then you have a positive feedback loop with the regulation. So that's probably another avenue. You, you have to move in that direction, uh, convince, again, a critical mass of people, some leaders to say, okay, let's go there and hope the crowd will follow. That's yeah. maybe Absolutely. not Absolutely. And I, I like the approach that one is here concrete. You know, yep. you take a certain sector, you gather all your competitors or the people in the sector and say, hey, yes, we are competing, but let's compete in a way that is, you know, uh, positive in the long run. And we can change it because if we all change at a, at a certain level of mass, as you were saying, then we can really change the system all the way through from then to the governments, to the to the reality of the person that is ultimately uh, doing and producing whatever we are selling. And, you know, you said in your book, we are at our crossroad and uh, you you speak about the Ohio or the California, yeah. and I love that you know acronym uh, in both in both uh, ways because it really shows the binary situation we are facing ourselves right now. Yeah, well, when I say Ohio, it means own house in order, not not because uh, Ohio is Republican and California Democratic. I mean, this is- <laughs> nothing to do with that. No, no, no. Yeah, but the, the idea with own house in order is, is really people are say, oh, these global issues. Too difficult. The pandemics. Oh my God. The climate. Oh my God. The cyber attacks. Oh my God. Nuclear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is too big for me. So I go back to my garden. I protect my garden. I put a cover under it and I take care of my house, which I put in order. And that's America first. That's Brexit. And you have plenty of these examples all over the world. Uh, and it's uh, it's natural when you're scared, you tend to go home, shut the door and protect yourself. Uh, but we all know being reasonable, that climate 
will not disappear because we hide ourselves in our igloo. It's not working this way. Same with cyber, same with nuclear, same with migrants, same with all these kind of big issues. Uh, and that's the tensions because the, the reality is that you should, you should go to California, CA collective action, because all this requires a collective action. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see with the China and US today, I mean, all the tensions, I mean, there's a, the strategic competitor or the strategic challenger, as the Biden administration called it, but still we need to discuss with them on climate. So uh, on certain staff, we will go uh, head to head. On other staff, we'll go hand in hand. And, and we have to find this way on, on things. You know, one of the uh, anecdotes that I discovered uh, through the, 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 the pandemic and I use in my, in my latest book is a, is a discussion between Gorbachev and Reagan. I don't know if you heard about this. The first time Gorbachev uh, came to, to meet with Ronald Reagan was in Geneva uh, in late 1985. And uh, it was a peak of the Cold War. And nobody knew who Gorbachev was. Uh, Reagan uh, was who he was. I mean, pretty muscular. And uh, and the two guys uh, have this big meeting room, so everybody around the table, and it's not going very well. And uh, at the end of the meeting, Reagan asked Gorbachev, why don't we have a walk, the two of us? So they bring the, the two uh, Secretary of State on the one end and Minister of Foreign Affairs and the, the translator. And they go, I think, along the lake and they have a, a, a walk. It's been, it's been told by George Schultz, who was participant, was the Secretary of State, was participants to that conversation. And Reagan, was apparently was a great fan of science fiction, told Gorbachev, okay, if America was attacked by aliens, would you come to our rescue? And Gorbachev said, yes, of course. And you, if uh, the Soviet Union was attacked by aliens, would you come to our rescue? And Reagan said, yes. And for me, this was the end of the Cold War. It's about humanity. Yes. Uh, humanity is stupid. As you would say, and uh, to a certain extent, I, I hope that uh, the, the virus was a kind of alien, and so that at the end of the day, uh, we are Chinese, we are French, we are Americans, we are Brits, Italian, whatever, but we are all human, and uh, that should be something that at the end of the day should unite us. I really love that story because again, uh, this was a moment where the peak of the Cold War and also the very beginning. That's where also Sting, the song, uh, the Russians love their children too. Oh my God, these guys are not aliens. They are like us. And, and so I think we have to enter into that move where, okay, we are not totally the same. Uh, common good is difficult to translate into anything else but harmony and so on and so forth. But I, I, I can't believe that there is no way forward. Yeah, I I, uh, I find it so important what you just say because however complex the world, however you know smart and clever the constructs that we are building in our evolution as humans, at the end of the day we are humans first and foremost, and so we are driven by the same fears and desires, by the same hormones, uh, whatever. And once you kind of boil it down, go back to basics, where it, that's also a very very interesting um, part in your book, then you start seeing clearly. And just uh, at the end, let's let's get a bit more specific. Specific and say there is already, you say, a silent revolution going on. The flow of funds is going more towards, you know, where the money should be going in terms of creating greater good. And you with Blue Orange, you're also part of it. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, uh, the silent revolution was something we, we coined in 2015 alongside the, the, the big meetings. Uh, I remember I participated to a discussion at the uh, annual meetings of the World Bank and the IMF in uh, Lima, in Peru, around these topics. Uh, and I was we listed, I remember at that time, 450 or 460 initiatives in finance, uh, which were very encouraging. Uh, I mean, if we uh, fast forward five years, so today, uh, it's less silent 
but it's not yet a revolution. Let me put it this way. Uh, so there are things happening, and we need to encourage them, etc. Uh, but for me, it will not be irreversible until or unless uh, we, we 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 start changing the the rules of the operating system it, itself. It's like a computer. I mean, you can keep the same box, but from time to time, you need to really make an upgrade to your operating system. Yes. And I think this is what we are facing today. We need an upgrade to our operating system. Yeah, absolutely. And you call that kind of initiative also billions to trillions, where you have, you know, trillion dollar economies and only billions going towards the right thing. Bertrand, thank you so much. I want to end our conversation with a quote by Gordon Brown. And he said um, in your book, when he wrote his foreword, doing well and doing good can happen together. And I think this book is absolutely awesome. It's uh, it's really mind mind opening and heart opening because this this uh, reckoning to boil it all down and say, hey guys, let's just call it. Let's be humans. And at the end of the day, we all live and share the same planet. And this is how we should behave. Yeah. Thank you so much. Very welcome. And- Thank you, Patricia. And thank you, dear Mentory TV community, for having joined us yet again for a conversation. Uh, awesome guest, Bertrand Badré, can finance save the world. I believe, he believes, if we all do, and we do put the, mouth, the money where our mouth is, then we can definitely change the world going forward. So thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon. Stay curious. Bye. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.